1: Hello and welcome to Secret Artists, a podcast where comedians do art and have a nice chat at the same time. I'm your host Annie McGrath and this week I am joined by the brilliant Eleanor Tom, comedy writer, performer and author of Private Parts, an inspirational book on endometriosis which Phoebe Waller-Bridge aka Fleabag described perfectly when she said Eleanor writes as fearlessly as she has fought this disease, with heart, honesty and a humour that is rarely afforded to subjects as serious as this. Your head will explode with what you learn and your heart will explode with the courage of this author. She's truly extraordinary. I've been wanting to have Eleanor on the podcast for ages as she's a very talented painter. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter to check out mine and Eleanor's artworks at Pod. Bye for now. Eleanor Tom is a writer and comic who started out at Manchester University, where she studied film and theatre, and created award-winning sketch group Lady Garden. In 2013, Eleanor wrote and performed the critically acclaimed solo character stand-up show I Am Bev. As an actor, she has appeared in Absolutely Fabulous, Live at the Electric and Drifters. Eleanor also writes for some of the country's best known comedians on their live and TV work. Eleanor is also good, a... Pub- it? It's a long intro. You've done a lot of things.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor is also a published author. In 2018,
1: she was awarded the Royal Society of Authors grant for nonfiction. And last year, her debut book was published, Private Parts which is a funny feminist memoir about what it's really like to live with endometriosis. The book includes exclusive interviews with Lena Dunham, Paulette Edwards, Emma Barnett and Dame Hilary Mantel. The Observer described it as funny, honest and inspirational. It was picked as one of the best non-fiction books of 2019 by Stylist and Dazed magazine. Eleanor
3: is also an artist and I'm very excited Mm -hmm. about having her on the podcast. I'm very excited to be here, thank you. No worries. How are you? I'm all right, yeah. never done art with other people before like this, so it's very exciting. Yeah, it's weird doing art over Zoom, I think. It's a a new (laughs) thing for all of us. You sent me your your muse. Do you want to explain to the listeners what you've chosen for us to draw or paint? So, (laughs) knowing that I'm not very good at observational drawing, which is something I learned quite some time ago, however much I try, I've gone for a slightly abstract Monet... Uh, because mm. this is a print I bought in uh, Givernais last year when I went on holiday with my dear friend, Jessica Nappett and it was an incredible day where the light was... I just I kept walking around going, the light is extraordinary. <laughs> uh, I just couldn't stop saying extraordinary. You so were that person. The holiday. Yeah, I was like, it really is extraordinary. <laughs> um, but it was. It, it was like a kind of seventh wonder of the world. It felt really amazing, like a kind of miraculous mm-hmm. place. It was, yeah. And I'm not kind of religious or anything like that, but it did sort of it felt like that. So this particular piece has the light coming through the trees along the path and then it goes towards the house. But it's it's abstract enough, I think, for me to try and capture something, but it might just look like a pink blob at the end. Yeah, it's great. So did you actually go to that those gardens? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't go around the house because the queue was ludicrous. Um but yeah, the 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 lakes and stuff and just walking around, it was it was extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> the light was extraordinary. The light, it really is extraordinary. Yeah. It's beautiful. And what, um, what are you, are you going to use paint or are you going to draw? What medium have gonna you chosen? Use, I'm going to use acrylic paint. Nice. Which is my, I think partly because of finances, I was pushed into using acrylic over oils. And yeah. now I find oils quite frightening because I can't change them. So my style of art tends to be that I layer and layer and layer and acrylic's better for that. So I'm going to use loads yeah. of different acrylic paints. Nice. I'm an acrylic gal too. Also, it is that dries so that? quickly. I'm actually yeah. weirdly going for, um, oh, fuck. I've just poured water all over my desk. Intense, oh, no. ink tense blocks. I'd show you, but oh. I just poured water in them. So they're these sort of coloured ink blocks that you add water to. Because I oh, thought they'd, wow. it might help with the sort of wishy washyness of the Monet painting. Yeah, Monet is so wishy-washy so wishy-washy which isn't (laughs) normally my vibe so I'm gonna find this a bit of a challenge I think um have you used these before I have but I'm not very good at them so I don't know why I chose them again (laughs) well I've chosen something so realistic I mean it's it's not that realistic but I I don't know why I've done this (laughs) yeah I was surprised actually actually, because your your paintings are generally quite abstract aren't they yeah but the thing is is the way that I paint is that I don't actually know what I'm gonna paint so most Ooh. of the time, unless it's a commission and someone said I like a particular style, if I just yeah. sit down and paint, my only choice is the colours. So I pick whatever colours I want and then mm-hmm. I just start and go with whatever comes out. So there's no plan, just a load of tools and a load of paint. So I, I, I wanted something that. that had some form to it, otherwise i will just go off on a tangent and keep building and building and building it. So do you never really work from photographs or real life? Is it all no from your head? yeah that's so cool it's partly because I was put off by that at school because they made it quite clear that that was not my forte so I think in my head I'm no good at observational oh really So it's a sort of rebellion (laughs) it's like well I'm good at this stuff so I'll just stick to that (laughs) yeah also no one can say if it's good or not if it's abstract whereas if you're trying to draw someone's face and it doesn't Uh, look like their face they can say that's not good. She Definitely won't. Yeah, <laughs> He's definitely not gonna. But your stuff is like a combination of the two, which I really love. Oh, thank you. It's it's the merging of figures, which I just cannot do. I cannot do it. But you're I like bet a you could. Trained artist, aren't you? No, nah. no, 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 no. Um, but your stuff, <laughs> your stuff reminds me of Gerhard Richter. You know his abstract paintings where he like drags oh, stuff across, that's and nice. I love him. Yeah, my mum really likes him. She's got a massive poster of him in her house. Oh, really? yeah maybe it's subliminally uh, went into your maybe it's cool yeah age. but then I really love like William Morris which is so mm. detailed and it's, it's Interesting. drawings and prints and stuff that I just I love that stuff like that's what I would have in my house yeah but I yeah what I'm drawn to is not so much that when I'm actually making it I think I know my limitations let's go straight on to the canvas this is straight a terrifying on. moment where you go this was not the colour I meant to put on okay, yeah exactly let I quite like the first mark is always quite exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Do you water your page first? I did just put a bit of water on it. And then I realised there's some blue ink in it, which was a mistake. So the first line I've done is already a mistake. (laughs) So that's a bit of fun. (laughs) (laughs) But you can always go over it. Hopefully you can with these intense things as well. Yeah, exactly. I've got the pencils Um, of them, but I've never seen those. They look like a kind of oil pastel almost. Yeah, I think they're, they're quite dense. So I don't know whether that will help me or
1: not, but time will tell. Do you, think you can layer them. I hope Do you so. You, think you can layer them. <laughs> I'm already very out of my depth. <laughs>
3: um, I am. I've just covered the whole thing in Naples yellow. Is not the right colour at all. So oh, it's so weird. I've just been reading your book, Private Parts, and it's so great. Oh, thank you. I love the bit. Um, well, well, I was going to ask you if you have any favorite artists, but I remember you saying in your book that you absolutely love Frida Kahlo. I do absolutely love Frida Kahlo. I, it's funny because her work wouldn't naturally be what I'd go for because it's quite it's quite harrowing a lot of it. Yeah, um, but it's lots it kind of self portraits. Yeah, and I think I don't know. It's sort of the, the pain of her life. I think comes through in quite a lot of the pictures that aren't actually the violent images. Yeah, So I can see quite a lot of pain in the portraits, the self-portraits of hers, just in her eyes. You can see it, you know? Um, Yeah. And I really loved the film. I saw the film quite early on, just just after I'd been diagnosed with endometriosis, which is quite a painful condition. So I was kind of Mm -hmm. trying not to think about it at 19, but I was going to pretty much have a life of sporadic pain at the very best. Mm -hmm. Um, And so watching that film sort of gave me hope that there was a way to live alongside that. Do you think that also inspired you to to write a book on the condition in the hope that you would be able to help other people who had it and give them some hope about how to sort of live with it. For sure. Because I think, I think the reason for writing it, and I mean, I was just talking to my dad about this the other day. It took me a long time to talk about it um, Mm -hmm. because I didn't really want it to be my identity. I wanted to be a comedian and to do my work and to not have such a personal part of my life available to everybody. Um, Yeah. And then I got so poorly that I couldn't work as a comedian. So I started to write for the people and write sitcoms and various scripts that hopefully will get made at some point. And um, (laughs) I kind of realised I had to talk about it. It was sort of, that was the purpose of my time. That's what I needed to do to sort of get through the time. So I started to write about it, not really knowing what it was, lots of notes and stuff. And then eventually it became uh possible for me to share that publicly and a friend of mine said I think this is a book and I was like no one wants a book about you know no one's going to read a book for me or whatever yeah. and then it all happened pretty fast and yeah. i think just the timing was right i think me too allowed women to talk about stuff and things yeah did you find it um sort of difficult writing something so personal and honest or was it quite cathartic in a way to finally sort of share all your experiences it's sort of both. It's it. It's cathartic now. It's out there because I'm sort of detached from it as a piece of art now. So it's not. It is my life, but it's not um, in my head in the same way as it was when I was writing it. Yeah. When I was writing it, I was. I think I went pretty crazy because it was a very quick writing process, about six months, and I dreamt it. I ate it. It was just everything. Yeah. But also because I was in pain while writing it, to, it was a complete lived experience of endometriosis, basically. So it was quite a weird experience um mm. and a lot of it's like therapy on speed basically yeah well it's brilliant and I think it's a really important book and Thank it's you. such a huge achievement and yeah I'm sure Thank it will you. help people who have the condition people who don't know if they have the condition yet because this what surprised me about it is just how many times you had to keep going to various doctors and different diagnoses and diagnoses diagnoses Di- like whatever you know what I mean and what, just... what are words anymore? I think just say what you want. Yeah. <laughs> I feel and now. also just like how some doctors didn't even know what the condition was, you had to tell them about yeah. it. Yeah. And still don't like The thing about, you know, women having to put up with pain and, you know, the fact that sometimes you I don't know, you just um you you sort of second guess your own physical pain because as a woman we're sort of conditioned to expect to be in pain or just to put up with it in the same way that men aren't absolutely and I think that's partly why it's so you know obviously a lot of my friends don't have it Mm. um, and I was kind of it turns out I was weirdly private about it so that they didn't know quite a lot of the stuff they were reading about in the book they were like oh I didn't realize that was going on (laughs) I was quite good at hiding this fine yeah um but they can relate to quite a lot of stuff even just sort of women's problems anyway I think Mm. a lot of the time are you know, sorry, that's part of being a woman and it's just assumed that we have to get on with this and that's how it is. As if it's this kind of burdensome thing that hopefully won't cause you too many problems. So I think there's sort of a lot of parallels in pregnancy and postnatal issues and all sorts of health conditions Mm -hmm. as well. I think a lot of the time mental health gets dismissed as well. You know, you're being hysterical, it's hormonal, it's not real. Um, So I'm amazed how many Um, conversations it's opened up like that. Also just... um Aside from the stuff about Demetrius, endometriosis, the, um, you know, the way that strangers are conditioned to ask women about like, oh, are you, are you having children? Do you, do you want to, you know, just how like women <laughs> are expected to have children or it, yeah. it's, it's seen as like totally acceptable. Yeah, but it's also like our bodies are up for discussion. Like that, I think. Then mm. um, there's a there's a wide movement about that, isn't there? The kind of judgment on thick thighs and all the kind of you yeah. know the empowerment around just going. It's not up to you to kind of make a decision about how my body is. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't just be like you know ask a man if they're circumcised <laughs> in the same way. <laughs> I might do that next time <laughs> in a buffet queue at a wedding, and I yeah. might go, "Oh right, it's um you circumcised?" <laughs> I love that. <laughs> i'm gonna start introducing <laughs> that to my uh, my small talk my, my um, repertoire yeah exactly <laughs> do you find painting a sort of therapeutic escape from the physical pain and the emotional pain i it's a mixture of both i definitely get some relief of going into the painting and being distracted That's certainly yeah. like it just go somewhere else for a bit um it's the methodical nature of it that really helps anything methodical really helps with pain anywhere I think mm. on a daily basis yeah um, and also the the fog that you get mentally like I can't write some days because the pain is so bad so all the words are sort of jumbled up yeah um, and so it's much easier for me to paint because it's a different part of my brain even though I don't actually know if it is a different part of your brain but um, it feels like it's it's bypassing that fogginess and I'm not requiring mm. words so it's a different me, kind been... of expression, I suppose, isn't it? It's more physical than... Um... And you've created something for your day. So from a mental health point of view, like yeah. it was an honour to be part of the exhibition you did last year with, with artists and comedians as artists.
2: Um, yeah, your piece is that brilliant. Genuinely has made
3: It's just made such a difference to my mental health. To have something that wasn't there when I woke up is really important. Yeah. you just sort of... Otherwise, you kind of go, well, I've watched three more films today, which I love doing. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't feel very productive, you know? Mm. Um, and after a bit, it sort of sends you crazy if you spend a lot of time on your own not doing anything at all. And Definitely. there is a part of me that's sort of like, get up and go, come on, snap out of it. And yeah. part of the pain management is to learn how to not force yourself to snap out of it, which took mm-hmm. me a long time of being impatient myself. But painting really helps with that. That's great. For and sure. going back to, I really love the, um, the quote that you picked out in your book from Frida Kahlo which I'll read for the listeners. Um, oh, yeah. We can endure much more than we think we can. I am not sick, I am broken, but I am happy to be alive as long as I can paint. So nice. Eyes. What wonderful I, I know. And also, like, she's another person that he sort of wasn't really successful until quite later on into her life. Mm-hmm. And she died in her 50s, you know, so she, she didn't live, like, a ridiculously long time anyway. Um, yeah. But yes, kind of not appreciated necessarily in her own time. Her husband was, but she was not kind of recognised. I went to the exhibition at the VNA. Did you go to that? I didn't actually, to my shame. Was oh. it amazing? Oh, I went twice. Did you? <laughs> I'm my like super fan, yeah. Well, my, my aunt has a v pass, which means that I, in my poverty, oh, nice. still get to go and see loads of exhibitions, which is really nice. Um And... To be that close to the painting, you could see like the licks of the brush, Mm. and it was just like an amazing moment. It's a lot of it was her like costumes and clothes and things, but there were a few paintings Mm -hmm. and things on like tin. She she painted on like um, metal panels. Oh yeah, really weird, like with a kind of acrylicy paint on that, which I've never seen before. Um, I just loved it. Yeah, she is. She's quite an amazing figure, I think. Like serious illness for. Such a long time, a lot of pain, a lot of drugs for pain. Yeah, I do yeah. love her. She had polio, is she that right? your favourite? She had um, polio as a kid and then she had, as a kid, as if I know her. <laughs> she had polio as a child. As a kid. And then she was, yeah, it's like, when she was a kid she had polio. Um, and then she was in a bus <sighs> accident, which like basically broke her bottom of her spine. And so everything, she had loads of operations oh. on her spine, so a huge amount of pain. But it also affected her uterus and stuff. So while we're talking about why women don't have children, mm-hmm. she was somebody who had uh, multiple miscarriages and and couldn't have biological children. So yeah, it's it's quite an interesting story from that perspective for me as well. Because it's sort of like what do your what do your days look like if that's not how you're going to be? If you're not going to have children, how do you use yeah. your time? I suppose. And so she's an inspiration in terms of that as well for me. Um, though I didn't know that at nineteen that that mm-hmm. would probably be the outcome. And it's a lovely yeah. film as well. Yeah, I need to watch it. Is it just, it's called Frida, is that right? Yeah, and it's... Um, Anthony Molina is uh, Diego Rivera, uh, her mm-hmm. husband who was the artist who did the big murals, and not And the communism yeah. and all of that. She's a communist, of course, as well. Um, <laughs> but then I read some really weird stuff about Weinstein afterwards, so it's kind of spoiled the film a bit for me, but... It's what, sorry? Oh, it, it, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's still an amazing achievement from Selma Hayek who produced it as well. So. Definitely. How's your painting coming along? It's quite a lot of green. <laughs> How's yours? I've gone quite bold with the sort of purpley colour. Is that a sort of purpley oh, magenta? Yeah. yeah. I'm trying That's to be. That's interesting. We've gone for a different start. Yeah, well, I've done a bit of green. I'll try and lift it up. That's where I'm at so far. I'm trying oh, to be. a bit, yeah. Um, more patient than I usually am and be a bit, you know, less bold with the colors. And I'm not very good at watercolour. How do you start? I normally paint the whole canvas like a block color. So usually a sort of deep blue, um, then wait for that to dry and then paint into it from there. So it gives it a bit of depth and like a, yeah. I don't know why really. My art teacher always suggested painting the canvas a color first. I think it is to give it depth and then you can like bring out the lights on top of the background color. Um, okay. How do you start? Well, I think you had actual art teachers. <laughs> <laughs> I had bit. an amazing <laughs> art teacher actually. He was great. Um, and and did he teach you stuff like that? That's who it was. Yeah. yeah. Well, was that A level or like GCSE or degree? Um, or what? Yeah, both. Uh, at GCSE and then a level and then I did not art foundation course where I didn't really get taught anything but it was fun. But you knew it all knew. already, she a good teacher. God no, I did not know about that but <laughs> <laughs> my art was, the only good thing about my art teaching was that they left me alone to just play. Yeah. Which I do think is, you know, there's a lot in that. Definitely. But I didn't learn anything. I didn't learn anything about art history, I didn't learn any techniques, I have no idea what the course was for two years of GCSE and two years of A <laughs> level. <laughs> like one of the teachers and I I do like her because actually this is kind of what I do now but Mm. she used to just go why don't you just take a section there and just enlarge it and I was like I mean I could do that but that's basically photocopying I mean it's not you know if I'm doing a collage piece fine but it's not really technique this no but god Uh, I I used to love the photocopier what a good invention (laughs) I used to like take photos of like nights out and do like abstract pieces with like tracing and all that but I did I think in fairness it did help me find a style because yeah. they kind of left me be and they, they never criticized really they did say you're not very good at you know observational's not your forte I remember them saying
2: hmm. and
3: what one of my GCSE teachers just came, I was making clay one time and he came <laughs> in trying to make this hand for a GCSE thing it's some you know they're always like a weird thing like inside outside or something yeah, It's like a term and then you have to go with it.
2: I uh-huh. did something
3: about the unconscious. So I had a, a, a pillow that I'd cut open with loads of stuff coming out of it. Like a kind of Dali kind of thing. Nice. And I was trying to do a hand coming out of this pillow. And he just <laughs> came in and went, mm, and just like slammed it flat <gasps> and started to make it again. Oh my like, God. Um, that was your teacher? My teacher. <laughs> he that was is hilarious awful. though. And my Bev character has quite a lot of him in it. Oh, really? He provided me with other things, so it's fine.
2: (laughs) If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.
0: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today.
1: Have you been painting basically ever since school,
3: or did you just get back into it recently or I ha I did it didn't do it for a really long time, so like after A level, I didn't do it. My dad suggested I did an art foundation course, but I think I knew I wanted to do writing, and so mm-hmm. I kind of considered it as something that I like doing but it wouldn't be like my job I guess yeah Um, and then I stopped while I was a comedian because my stuff is quite big I mean this is like Mm -hmm. an a three but I really like working on massive pieces and also well you know it's like if you're carrying around loads of paints it's like a suitcase of paints (laughs) Well, in Lady yeah. Garden, we already carried around like a hundred props, and that was cumbersome <sighs> enough. Everyone would be like, "Oh, moving in our way, you know." It's already annoying. So um, I didn't paint for a really long time, and then when, uh, when I got more sick, when I was about twenty nine, thirty, I did a really horrendous uh, drug treatment, and I was basically housebound for about six weeks. And that's when you know films and TV and stuff weren't enough, and I yeah. was sort of losing my mind a bit, and. Uh, my friend said, "Why don't you start painting again?" And I, I started and hated it. Like I hated the stuff I was making; it just looked so awful.
2: Um, it takes a while to get back into, it,
3: doesn't it? Yeah. Well, like I, if you're out know of practice. Was, you know? Yeah. Um, Do, have you well, thank
2: painted. God you got back into
3: it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I had a break from it. Um, probably similarly, like when I was at university and then doing comedy for a bit after university then maybe in the last like three or four years I've got back into it um and then yeah just at the beginning of lockdown decided to set up a website and have been managing to you know do more of it um mm. since that but yeah we've got got into did it did you again. get into it when you were younger as well Yeah, I always loved it. Art and drama were always the subjects that I... the least difficult subject. Same here. You know. You know, the ones that make the most money. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The ones that give you really really good career prospects. (laughs) But they do make you happy. So I kind of, you know, you get that. I've gone in with some red now, which I'm slightly regretting. I've just done that as well. And this red is not the same red as one I used. Yeah, why? How's Monet getting away with putting red on purple? It's but not also, the... it's so like rich as a red. Mine's coming out as quite muted. Mm. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm using the wrong. I'm using a vermilion hue. Lovely. I think it's too. It's too bright. It's not the right red. This yeah, is really true. strange. I don't ever paint with anybody else. It's really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so do you normally work by yourself? I guess if it's a form of release, it makes sense that you would paint by yourself I paint by myself as well it's a bit about meditation I think
1: definitely so do you have favorite um galleries and things that you go to to relax
3: wherever there's a free free ticket usually yeah I, re- I do really like the VNA as a gallery I think that's mm. probably my favorite in London yeah uh, it's beautiful uh, I like it? the Royal Academy but I was put off by a bronze exhibition a while ago Right, where it was like nine rooms of bronze. It was like I I admire the skill here, but I am like by the That's kind of too many room rooms in my... is bronze, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I went with my sister, and me and my sister were like giddy and like you know that kind of childish um overtired energy that you get. Yeah, we were like that, and I was like it's like thirty one or something at this point, <laughs> kind of dicking about in the sixth room, going woo bronze, <laughs> really stupid. <laughs> I often feel like that so in a gallery, kind of, well, which is maybe did. a bad thing because I work in, you know, the art world. But I often feel just like I find everything really funny or <laughs> can't quite take it's it a as bit... seriously as I should be. Do you know what that's what it is? That's the thing, certainly for me, is that I almost feel like if I did learn more about it and how to do it, I'd feel the comedian in me would be like, this is a bit stupid, isn't it? You're taking it a bit too seriously. Why? why well, yeah, are you that's what I found... So I went to art college for a year and did a foundation. And I just found mm. everyone took themselves so ser- seriously and it was quite a pretentious environment. And I just. That's thought, it. I can't see myself being here for four or three more years. And then went and did English mm. and drama and started doing comedy and just found. And found you your know, people. Found my people. But I still love doing art and I'm glad that I went there. But. It's definitely... Um, it's really interesting that our both of our responses is to kind of get giggly and... Dacht. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's like, this is really amazing stuff, we still really like it, but it does feel a bit... It's just yeah, the environment as well galleries of galleries, and... isn't it? They're like being in the library it's at school or of... something. You've... Yeah, everyone's taking themselves very seriously. You have to be quiet, you have to be on your best behaviour, and I immediately just want to rebel. Definitely. Do you go to galleries on your own? Or do you go with... Other people. I, I tend to go with people. Normally just with like one other person, I think. So you Yeah. You can talk about it if you want to, but I think any more than one or two is that... Well, I almost wonder if it's like there's a pressure if they're not enjoying it, so it has to be somebody that you feel relatively relaxed. That's true actually. I've got a couple of good friends who I would probably choose to go with who I know into art, but I'd also like just want to catch up with them. So yeah yeah you but don't want there's a rule there's a sort of rule isn't there about galleries as well that it's sort of like we might have a bit of a chat and then we'll go off on our own sort of yeah so yeah exactly unspoken sort of unspoken you go through a yeah. fluidity to it isn't there yeah I also wasn't taught that at school <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's funny isn't it because there's some people that I just think like they love paintings and prints Mm. and they've got really nice stuff in the house and they've got you know nice clothes and all that sort of stuff but Mm. you just go I don't think it's your thing at all to go and look around a gallery you just wouldn't be interested in doing this yeah there's definitely people I wouldn't ask to go Hmm. I've done a few in the last year or so where I've gone on my own just because that's where I've been so when I went to Paris so Mm. after we went to Givigny last year I went to Paris for like 24 hours on my own Mm -hmm. and I went and looked at loads of stuff in galleries then and there is a kind of It's a completely different way of doing it because it's totally on your terms. So I went into the gift shop first, whereas (laughs) I'd feel like my aunt would judge me for doing that first. Yeah, I love the gift (laughs) shop. I always spend more time in the gift shop than in the actual gallery. That's the best part. (laughs) We've got like a drawer full of postcards that I've bought. Yeah, me too. Well, look what we've got here. This is the postcard from there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Amazing. I bought a postcard and a print. That's how much I liked it. Um, I always want to find the picture that I really love in the exhibition, but do you find that they don't have the one that you really but loved quite often? They never have the best one, do they? No. What's that about? I don't know. Either it's because they don't get the rights to it, or someone, I wonder, hasn't actually seen the exhibition, who's stocking the shop? Maybe. That yeah, can't it's can't always like really annoying. It's always it. like the poster image that isn't... It never. It's never yeah. my favourite one. Yeah. Be some good observational mm. comedy on that. <laughs> some really good observational comedy on galleries, guys. <laughs> yeah. Don't you hate it when you go to an exhibition and they never have. <laughs> As we've just said, though, it's like it's quite an exclusive thing for people to do. <laughs> I feel like I've done too much with this now. I've gone too green on everything. Also, gone... for the first time ever, I'm using the same brush for everything. Oh, never done this before. Just keep wiping it off on some tissue. This is going to look awful. Do you switch your style then as you're going sometimes like that? I think not intentionally. For this, I was like trying to replicate what the image is, but I think I've just succumbed to the fact that I'm not very good at that style. So now I'm just doing what, trying to do what I know. Oh, but you are good at doing that. Like, your beach ones are absolutely gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Mine, mine. if I tried to do something like that, the coast would be far too close. Everyone would be far too big. Then, like, the <laughs> the scape of it would just look so weird. No. So you are quite, you are like a combination of, well, what my family would say is a skilled artist. Oh, really? <laughs> so like observational and stuff. Yeah, because I think there's a sense of, You can do all of that abstract stuff afterwards, but you need to learn the skills first. I don't don't think that's the case, but I think, yeah, often people think that if it's realistic, it's good, don't they? Um, I think it's almost like a rite of passage, that you know, you can become a writer and you can do all sorts of stuff. You can be James Joyce after you've learnt grammar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That was always kind of how I felt, like I wasn't kind of... I know what you mean. Like a bit of an imposter syndrome sort of thing. Right. Like, Tracy Emin is actually very good at drawing, isn't she? But I guess she did that. But that's be- not what she chooses to do. Before she started un- messing, her- messing her bed up or whatever. <laughs> un- messing- I mean, that was quite amazing, though, wasn't it? Yeah. I remember that being so controversial at the time. I know. Weird, isn't it? Uh, actually, you know what we were saying about going round the gallery? Yeah. With the right people. When I was about 19, I went round the Tate. Take modern with some friends. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends was it was the one where there's loads of bricks, like a big block of bricks in the middle of the room. Oh uh, yeah. And one of my friends with was like, This is so stupid I could do that. <laughs> and I was just like, but you didn't, did you? That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> but you didn't do it. <laughs> That's <is> the <laughs> yeah, classic do that. <laughs> response to um contemporary art, isn't it? Like, my kid could do that. <laughs> yeah, did they though? Yeah. <laughs> And it's about <laughs> intention as well, isn't it? Yeah. That sounded a bit wanky, didn't it? <laughs> I, I think, think I'm going to have to stop this because I'm just making it worse the more I paint into it. <laughs> Do you paint on pa- uh, on paper most of the time? No, I tend to paint on canvas, but um, I don't have any canvases here. I've actually, I've just started renting a studio. So most of my paints oh. and um, and canvases are there. So I'm just that's why I'm on paper but I'm not as good on paper I don't think because you can't go as thick on paper that's the problem isn't it it goes all wobbly yeah it's less forgiving isn't it than canvas oh how nice is it to have a studio though yeah very nice it's the first time I've ever had one it's quite exciting Um... it's quite a commitment as well isn't it it's a I'm gonna do this yeah I slightly feel like I have imposter syndrome so I'm like oh this means do you feel that it means I'm not. You absolutely should not feel that. You're very, very good. <laughs> Thank you. I think everyone feels that, though, they, don't they? Especially in creative industries where you don't know how to. I long... think that's also the comic thing coming in there as well that says, Who do you think you are having a studio? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> what, going back to materials, are you working on canvas or what are you working on? Paper? I'm working on paper, hmm. but I do really like canvases. I think papers become more logical for the space that I'm in. Yeah. So I can kind of rack up a load of them and just put them flat in a drawer somewhere. Um and then frame them and things as and when. Mm-hmm. But I don't I, I don't know where to store them. Maybe I need a studio. Yeah, get a studio. Where you're <laughs> South London, aren't you? Yeah. I think there's um, quite a few done that. There's been moments where I've looked up sheds and things, you know, put yeah. a shed in the garden, and do it in there. Well, that I is kind of basically really what a studio is it's mine's like a little prison cell but with a nice window and i think well that's all you need is a bit of space and some natural light i listen to your podcast anyway but i was listening back to the one that you did with may martin you were saying you know one day you might decide to be a comedian or an artist i think you can be both mm. for the record yeah. but um it's that idea of you know suddenly like it has to be like a legitimate. I have to be doing this properly. I have to I don't know how many you have to sell before you feel like it's a real job or yeah. it does and I think that is the comedian in me that's a bit cynical about you can't just call yourself an artist, do you know what I mean? But you ah. But I think you can. <laughs> I think I don't know if we talked about it on May's episode. We probably did if that's what we were talking about. But the fact that Van Gogh only sold one painting in his lifetime and he's now one of our yes. like most well recognized artists of all time like he probably was having a massive insecurity complex about what the fuck he was doing with his life I think writing is like that though as well because I think you'd never do anything creative but I certainly think if you start to let those voices get in as a writer you'd just go well I'm never going to be Alan Partridge I'm never going to be yeah Ricky Gervais or any of the you know Julia Davis or anyone that you'd like absolutely adore you just Mm -hmm. go it's too hard yeah Oh, yeah, so I've just seen here that the one painting he sold in his lifetime was the Red Vineyard at Arles, although there are other theories that he may have, in fact, sold more, but that's the one that's sort of been recorded. And he didn't start painting until he was 27. That's interesting. Really? Oh, well, that's when I picked it back up again, so maybe I'm like the next (laughs) one. And died when he was 37. Uh, That sounds about right, yeah. Wow. (laughs) couple more years then. Um, <laughs> it's God, so it... funny though because it's not the one that we know is it no it's not one of the big the big, big sunflowers <laughs> or the, the big hitters yeah <laughs> have you ever done any sort of painting courses or anything like that or any no I've no I haven't do you know what it is there's a bit of me that kind of goes is it gonna sp-? it's so silly isn't it Cause I don't think this about anything really unconsciously i think is it going to take something out of the playfulness of it for me mm. am i going to suddenly realize that i'm doing something wrong and therefore we'll get nervous about it and it'll stop being quite as therapeutic it'll become more like you're not doing it right yeah that's a good point i'm not quite um, ready to sort of give up on that yet but i don't i don't know because i also really enjoy it when i learn a new skill or accidentally find something works like yeah. those, my instinct about those plaster cutter things was I'm sure they'll give like a square look let's try mm-hmm. so I'm not I am open to learning that stuff I just, I think I'm worried someone will tell me I've been doing it wrong I mean that I would be very don't. bad teaching I think if they said that to you but yeah but yeah I know what you mean Maybe there's I a worry that the enjoyment of it will go for you and at the moment if it is something that's such a sort of form of therapy then it's yeah. maybe not not worth but then I think it, you you hit a limit to how much you can just keep doing without developing that a bit as well I do think it's something that I'd like to look into yeah um and when I learn things off other people I, I really cherish that because I go oh brilliant that's why that's not working or oh that's interesting you can make that happen like yeah, a friend of mine had um a Robert Rauschenberg. Rauschenberg, how do you say it? Yeah, Rauschenberg, I think. Rauschenberg. Yeah. See, you did art history. That's the difference. <laughs> I actually did. Um, <laughs> um, and do you own any art? I own prints, but I don't own any real yeah. pieces. What would you? Would is like there anything to. you'd want to, if money wasn't an object? Is there anything that Ooh. you'd Especially want by, I'd really like an Alma Thomas. I found her work in New York earlier this year. Oh, I haven't heard of her. Oh, oh absolutely incredible artist from like the '60s. She does really abstract stuff. Mm. Um, it's gorgeous. Um, big bright colors, huge canvases. Yeah, uh, and I think they could kind of. I think they would work in a small or a large. I mean, if money wasn't any object, you'd. Uh, oh yeah almost like you'd have a large house optical illusion type yeah they look like mosaics uh, almost does they do use, they're um, not quite like the ones that i saw So use ceramics like, or are they paintings they're paintings do you know what i know what, why they're showing uh, the the ceramic ones is because um she was commissioned by obama to do one in the white house and it was a ceramic one so that's probably oh. the most popular
1: interesting
3: so, yeah, you can see... it's. I think she basically, like, layers up, which is probably why I like it. It's like how I paint. Yeah. So oh, she'll yeah, put really a whole load of stuff on and then she scratches it out. I think I would, You know when you stare at a piece of art for ages trying to work out how they've actually done it? Yeah. I did that in this gallery in New York where I was just... It's actually in the Guggenheim. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so you can see that she sort of scratches... Uh, away so that you see the colour underneath so she almost does a wash another layer and then scratches it off yeah and I was really watching nice. it going I can't quite see how you do this I, I ended up looking at it for absolutely ages <laughs> looked at my phone I thought like, oh, I've been in here 20 minutes just looking at this one piece so she I find it quite mesmerizing her stuff yeah so yeah I would have one of hers I think she uses a lot of squares as well like you I've switched to squares what's going on Also, everything's blue. Do you go through colour phases like that? Yeah, loads of my stuff is blue. It's definitely my go-to colour, I would say. But yeah, I do have a few that are sort of orangey. And then, um, yeah, um, I think it does go in phases of like much darker stuff and
1: then, you know, more colourful stuff.
3: It's funny, isn't it? It's not a conscious choice, though. So yeah, it's interesting to look back on stuff and be like, oh, yeah. Because like right? I, I only joined Instagram last year because I was just like you know ought to do this you know I've not really got a presence on social media particularly you know blah blah mm. and the book was like you know it's a it's a good reason to start I kind of put it off yeah um and actually it's been really enjoyable Because mm-hmm. not only have I sort of met loads of people through it that have read the book and stuff which is just a lovely thing as well but yeah. I've been sharing my art for the first time and I never used to do that it always used to be quite personal and people have been really nice about it but one of my friends who I loved but he went, I mean, I love them, but they're all quite the same, aren't they? You know, a lot of them are blue. <laughs> so I know, I can't, I don't know why everything's yeah. blue. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I, I find it a very calming colour, maybe. Definitely. Well, my room, as you can see, is blue. I find it very calming. Well, actually, it's palmer grey, but you know, it's a light blue. Well, then we get into the names of colour. At least they're not like paints that you do on the wall. And they're yeah. all sort of like elephant husk and yeah, exactly weird thing. Or nail varnishes do that as well, don't they? I'm glad yeah, for some like actual colours. Hot pink or like sexy, <laughs> sassy woman or
1: something. <laughs> yeah. Quick
3: fire round. Oil or watercolour? Watercolour. Contemporary art or old masters? Contemporary. Portrait or landscape? Portrait. Can you separate the art from the artist? No. Tortured artist or rational doctor? (laughs) Tortured artist. Then my therapist (laughs) would have some questions. Talk about or think about art? Talk about. Look at a painting close up or further back? Oh, that's really hard. Uh, Close up. Private view or view of privates? (laughs) What a question for me. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> be <your> a <privates. laughs> I should have said private view or private parts really shouldn't I <laughs> painting from life landscape or still life landscapes I could probably do it better first kiss my first kiss <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know everyone's always um, like what <laughs> so you just throw that in right at the end first kiss in a wooded area at a junior school with my best friend Russell Oh, so nice <laughs> Um, art or tech art art or books oh that is impossible Uh, art though don't tell my publisher (laughs) art or food (laughs) art is what you do art I think so yeah (laughs) I think yeah I think so I think yes and finally dicks or pussies (laughs) (laughs) Uh, depends in what context but dicks mostly (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Thank you. Oh, it's gorgeous. That pink it's, is extraordinary. It's mean, <laughs> you know, quite nice, actually. It's not um, as bad as I thought it would be, but it doesn't really look like the picture. This is how you do light coming through, though. You can really see the light. The extraordinary light. <laughs> Mine is not extraordinary in terms of light. Oh, lines. my God, I can't wait. Oh, my God, I love it. It's so... <laughs> but it's, it's abstract, but it's also realistic. You've got the balance oh, perfectly. Know. I'm really into it. I mean, is that a window? <laughs> that's not. A window. Yeah, it it looks like a window. <laughs> that's great. I love the. Um, I mean, I'm pointing at it, but you can't see. I guess it's the bottom right hand corner where you've done the like red flowers merging Listered. into the dark green. That bit. Does. That's why I like acrylic is because you can build it like that. Yeah, it's that's not really, really dry, cool. so it's merged quite a lot. And I love um, the top leaves—the sort of light dark green into light green. How it looks almost like it's been like dragged down. It's really fun to do. I never use purple, so I never use purple. Getting the paints ready? Yeah, I was like, I haven't even opened this purple, so I've I've used two different kinds of purple today. So that's great. So um, I've got to give you a mark for commitment and technique. Commitment, hundred percent. Um oh, thanks. You've really committed. <laughs> <laughs> and technique also i think 10 out of 10 mm. I, genuinely you've managed to get the shape of the you know the perspective is bang on the colors are great um there's a real sense of foreground background dark light oh thanks i love it let me see yours let me see the first one yeah i mean commitment is always 100 percent for me isn't it without a doubt i don't know also, you don't have to te- mark me high because it's my podcast. I never want people to feel like that. <laughs> I don't feel under any obligation. I mark you high because you're very good. I love the way that you've done the light, so that for me is technique. Thank you. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. 100% on everything. <laughs> thanks. A stars all round. <laughs> um, thanks so much, Eleanor. What an absolute delight Thank you. that has been lovely to chat to you and do art with you you too and my first time of doing art with somebody else yeah how was it I really enjoy not too traumatic yeah (laughs) no and it also sort of it's a different process it takes you kind of out of yourself so you're not concentrating so much on whether it works or not yeah definitely yeah um really fun thanks thanks so much
1: Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Check out mine and Eleanor's artworks on Instagram and Twitter at secretartpod. I urge you all to buy Eleanor's book, Private Parts, which is available in most bookshops and online. Eleanor is also available for commissions. So if you want a beautiful, abstract, colourful painting, then she's your gal. Follow her on Instagram at Eleanor Tom. I'm at McGrath. Annie, and my website for art is ww.amagraw.art I'm also available for commishmish mash mash commissions. Have a lovely week. Bye. Secret Artists is a Turtle Canyon comedy production for Acast. Music by Alistair Clayton, Quickfire Round Music by Steve Dunn.
0: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do,